This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Brian Donovan, and you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Leave Hurricane! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i'm your host xavier josiah we got a very interesting episode to talk about today this is the day after the oscars so we got some things to talk about but on our talk topic today which you know if you listen to the select star video game podcast that i did this week i said that i was going to talk about persona 4 in preparation for my review of persona uh, of the fighting games there's a lot of things that's being changed around now because <laughs> in the light of somebody giving me the uh idea to check out this anime i decided to do so and then upon doing so i've gotten so immersed into it and considering what's going on in today's really high tense divided world i felt this is a need to talk about this show it's called kataro lives alone it's on netflix right now it's a 10 episode series that I think a lot of people need to talk about. And I'll talk about why that is in our talk topic of the week. But of course, we also got some news going, some very, especially some interesting discussions involving anime and the recent mergers between Crunchyroll and Funimation um, that uh, that has come about last week and amongst other things that we're going to talk about. But of course, we got to start off, believe it or not, with the Oscars. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. Originally, I, the first order of news that or discussion I was going to talk about was anime in the union, which is based off of some things that are going on. But we're going to talk about that in a few. 
I'm going to talk about something that I didn't expect to be talking about. Like, this is not even in my notes, but I will be remiss if I didn't speak about the situation that happened last night and um, during the Oscars involving Will Smith and Chris Rock, where Will slapped Chris for a comment that he made, for a joke that he made on Jada uh, Pickett-Smith. And... There's so many things that are going across in terms of like reactions and comments from people on social media, of course. And um, it's kind of a mix. There's actually, actually, honestly, I don't think as much of a mix as it is. I think there's more people on the side of Will Smith in this case. Now, granted, here's the thing. At the end of the day, regardless, it's it wasn't the best idea to do. But I also think like, what else? like if he'd done it any other way would have been would it would the tone take effect so for those who don't know but the, god for god's sakes you guys know already like he made a comment on jada based on her hair unbeknown allegedly unbeknownst to chris that he didn't know that she was suffering from some form of ailment going on and that's why she cut her hair at this point it was the trigger moment that Will Smith decided to handle it erratically or irrationally, if you, you depending on what you, you think of it. And he walked up to the stage because he was, you know, within feet away from and proceeded to slap Chris Rock. Went back and by the way, did so in a very G like way, like and just walked off like he knew he wasn't going to retaliate, sat back down, told him not, you know, don't, you know, speak, don't put your um I, I can't really say what he was actually said or i refused to say what he actually said but he said you know don't speak of my you know your don't speak our name in in, in his mouth and at the, after a while chris was just you can see his reaction his reaction after what like when you get hit like that and especially when you don't expect it you start it starts kicking in like this is like stuff that you remember back in the day from school like i remember bullies used to do this where they used to walk up to you act like everything was cool and then proceeded to like you know sock you with the draw or whatever like that and you're in front of all these people you're in front of like all these people in the crowd in the, in the schoolyard or whatever like that and yeah i hate to bring it up but that's the last time i've seen this happen which tells you how really bad of a situation is is the fact that it kind of relates to that but you're in a position and then like you get caught off guard and if you're not one of those type of people that retaliate differently then you're not going to be able to handle it and if you you know it's just not there this is not will smith from back in the day like this is not parents just don't understand will smith this is william smith established actor legendary talent and most of all trained boxer <laughs> fighter so he connected and he connected good you could hear that you could hear the palm hit the actual chin so that's gonna throw chris off majorly and you could see that it started sinking in that i got you know i got kind of bitch slapped by him but like to the severity of it is like he got bitch slapped on live tv in front of millions in front of his peers for that joke now 
I am not going to say here, sit here and say that I condone any of the actions. I think could it have happened differently? Should have been happened differently? Absolutely. But I will also say that I understand the situation. This is kind of the Cain Velasquez situation, too. I mean, I'm not condoning that at all either because he went about it in a very erratic way, despite the fact that I understand why he did it. And people are going to side with Will Smith probably as much as they would with Cain Velasquez in a sense that, like, Cain Velasquez was defending his family from a situation. If people don't know about that, Cain Velasquez is now in jail for shoot, trying to shoot a man who molested a family member and i'll just say that and sexually assaulted a family member of his a very immediate close family member of his and as a father as a man he went after the guy now granted he went and shot off bullets off of this guy while chasing him down with people in the car there could have been a better way to handle that just like there could have been a better way to handle this but at the same time I understand the emotion from it. People are online acting as if they would have done the same thing. Now, people always get have more time to say what they won't do than it is to know what you're going to do at that very moment in time, especially if you've gone through all of the things that Will Smith has gone through. And we don't know what Will Smith is going through. We now know that his wife is going through, you know, Jada Pickett Smith is going through some, you know, medical situations. And I could put it that could put a lot of weight onto people in their life and everything that Will Smith has gone through in his entire career and Jada's entire career and their family's entire career. They've been getting piled, they've been getting things piled up on them for years, decades because of their popularity and people are always in the eye of them. And they've been a private family for years, at least tried to be. And, you know, then you got the red table talk situation with that that hip-hop artist that i didn't even know until i until they had that red table talk situation and that that's a lot people can easily say and, and talk about online how they wouldn't do this or it wasn't a good idea or whatever like that you don't know what you're going to do until you're in that situation you don't know what people go through or what how much weight they have in their lives until you don't until you know, it's too, like it's too late. Like, I, I'll give an example. When I was working at um, a job way back then, you know, I got into a situation with a, an employee who on the weekend of Mother's Day decided that they wanted to make jokes about my mother. My mother was like a few years removed from life. She was no longer with us. It's still a, a, a really hard point in, in my life. And this person, despite the fact knowing this, still wanted to disrespect because, all right, you give one warning of saying like, all right, can you chill? Because my mom's no longer here. It's fine. The one warning came in and then this person proceeded to keep doing it. And after a while, it's just like on the weekend of Mother's Day. That slap that Will did was a tad bit subtle. Okay, compared to how I reacted to it. You just don't know what people are going through and you got to chill. You have people need to chill like you just I, granted. Yes, Chris is comedian. Chris is known for doing this. But you just never know. You're, you're 
taking a risk when you're doing that, thinking that everybody's supposed to just lay back and and just take it. Not everybody can take it. We've now realized what's going on in this world with our mental health that we we don't we don't respond to the ways that you say that we need to respond. There are moral and ethical ways of doing things. And I agree. Once again, I wished that Will would have done it a better way or handled it a better way. But again, I always I asked a question also, had he had done it a better way with the tone still be there? And when when Will did that, it set a tone like don't mess with me. Don't mess with my family. Don't disrespect me and my family. And, and, and I mean, it, it really did. And then he, you know, Will went on along to give a speech, a really heartwarming speech, which really he, he apologized to the Academy. He didn't apologize to Chris Rock um, unless Chris Rock was a nominee. But he, you know, he just he apologized, you know, for his actions. And, you know, he was consulted by um Denzel Washington and, and Tyler Perry, you know, about the situation. And, you know, he put it all in perspective with his with the speech, but which, by the way, he won uh, an Oscar at the same night. So he pretty much made history in so many ways like nobody's ever did before. And, you know, I, I I've, I'm a big fan of both of those guys. I wish it hadn't happened, but I understand why it happened. And I will just say this. I hope that at the end that these two will get together and mend ways, hopefully all is forgiven and be the represent representation of our community that we would like for them to be, that we expect them to be. But you got to you got to understand. Will's probably going through a lot right now. He had to deal with the entanglement. He had to deal with like since like even dating back to his rap career, he had to deal with the fact that like he was going on his own way while people was trying to clown him because he wasn't gangster enough and all that stuff. But this dude was still making success doing what he was doing. So he had to put that aside and just keep it cool. He had to keep it cool when everybody tried to get in his business with his uh, relationship with Jada. They had, you know, they had to keep it cool when, you know, people had like people expect you to be on high regards for that. But even a person of Will Smith's position can crack because he's only human. I say that to say this, people really (laughs) take heed on what you do. Like this is what happens when you, this is what happens when you try to troll somebody in the real world. You never know how that's going to go. And it usually never goes in the same way. You can talk, you can rant and talk about people and, 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 you know, get away with stuff online because nine chances out of 10, you're like far away and like miles away from the person and you can never do it. That's one thing. Try that same stuff in person. It may not, the results may be very different. And I, again, I don't condone it, but it's not, it's not to say that it doesn't happen. You know, people are saying like, Will Smith was like laughing and smiling and all this stuff. No, dude. Okay. First of all, and the part that kills me is like the guy who said that in our ACMG Facebook group is from Philly. And I'm like, dude, you know, better, 
you at least i hope you know better but you're like you're kind of on a younger side you know from a different generation maybe you don't but back in the day when somebody would run up on you like i said and i mentioned this earlier when somebody runs up on you and smiles at you that's a trap to keep your guard down which then ends up being that situation so just people i know chris is a comedian but you know even he bombs every once in a while this may be this may have been one of his bombs and let's just see how this goes from this point on let's see what happens how they handle it how chris handles it. I, I wonder this is going to be interesting i know this is going to be interesting for even wilder sykes to some extent too who was the host one of the uh host of last night but she's also a really good friend of uh, chris she's also a great friend of the smiths this is a hard situation i, I wonder if she's just going to keep quiet through this whole thing or not but i mean i can see at one point she's under like really like she's chris's friend but at the same time it's like i feel like i i, I can see and i i don't know wanda wanda sykes from you know day i just know people who are associated with her and friends with her but i don't i i can't i wouldn't be surprised if wanda would uh not defend her family in the same fashion given the situation you know that she could be in in her position you know it's it's really just really hard to say that you wouldn't and that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to get at here is like we cannot act like that we're impervious that we're you know exempt from an emotional reaction it's what you do afterwards that matters the done the deal is done let's see how he chris reacts to it let's see what it goes on for further on to this and you know hopefully it'll be resolved in a very rational way but the moral to this i think is just be careful what you say to people especially in this day and age so i'll just leave it at that all right let's go to my actual notes here and talk about what i was originally going to talk about here and that is a discussion that occurred on twitter last week involving members of the actors i'll just say the actors association or just a group of actors you know that went on twitter and did an audio panel talking about something that is of big concern to them and that is basically the merger between Funimation and Crunchyroll uh, that Sony has acquired and how that will affect, you know, them in the long run. And this is an interesting discussion because, you know, as somebody who worked for corporate and whenever corporate does a merger, that is not normally a good thing for everybody. That can mean downsizing. That can mean, you know, trying to get people to do more for less. That could mean you know lack of protection especially if you're not in the union so i was very intrigued and normally i don't listen to these twitter audio a lot because a lot of them has been about nfts and i'm like what? no as a graphic designer I, to me i always question the integrity and value of nfts i i just don't get it at all because you're selling to my understanding you're selling a jpeg and a jpeg de depreciates after the first hundred times of you opening it which becomes more pixelated as you go along so like what are you really keeping here but that's a whole other discussion i maybe i just need some more education on that but i tend not to you know i tend not to really get into those audios but this one just struck stri strike me because it involves some people that i know and 
So, and I decided to listen. So last week, a group of anime dubbing actors created a audio panel on Twitter discussing the importance of being a part of a union. Luis Bermudez uh, hosted the panel alongside Marin M. Miller, uh, Ben Diskin, and a previous guest of Talk Time Live and the Repop Metaverse, Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, Orihime, and Hinata from Naruto. Um, many subjects were discussed from how contracts work for non-union uh, actors to the difference in how unions and non-union actors are protected when acting on the works of projects. How Funimation operates at some time at some point too was discussed. And why being in the union helps them to do what they do best without having to worry about getting shortchanged on contracts and not getting the just due when they're um, when working in studios to help make billions of dollars for Sony who make uh, you know who makes money off of the work that they do. Yes, and if you guys remember, Sony has spent billions on anime. And now even furthermore, they own both Crunchyroll and Funimation. Now they're merging Funimation and migrating it into Crunchyroll. And then you, when you would think about it, you would think like, okay, this means more work for the actors and more pay, more good paying work for the actors. But you know, these things happen and I'm glad that they're having this discussion because the last thing we need is great talented people losing out and not getting what they deserve. Um, it's that reason why I end up leaving my corporate job after 10 years, because this whole thing, I was constantly being devalued and it just didn't feel right. It, it, it drained me. It, 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 I was in a depressive state for this long because like I'm doing all this, I'm giving it quality, I'm proving my worth and I'm not getting paid anywhere near what I should for the amount of work that I put in. And they I've proven more war of my value. So this I, I totally empathize with this situation that they're going through. Uh, and, you know, this discussion needs to be held. I want to talk to an actor. I'm trying to find out if I can find somebody to talk to an interview about this who is willing to um, to talk about this. And I want to see, you know, I, I wonder fan. I wonder how effective fan participation or fan support could be in this situation if we become more aware of the situation you know would i put pressure on sony to you know look out for their actors more and stuff like that this is not the first time this happened i remember um when stephanie first came on to this show and it was during the time when they went on a when a actor strike against the video game uh you know uh industry because they weren't paying their actors their voice actors enough to or securing their uh their actors enough during the times when they were pushing and these guys are screaming and hollering on video games all the time and in hours you know if you listen to any of the interviews that i've done with actors in anime and we talk about how they are able to procure their actual voices doing multiple like uh lines or the same line multiple times, especially like, I'll give you a, a great example. Two examples. Kyle Hebert, who is the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter. So he's doing, he's saying Hadouken. Like not just one time, they probably got like 40 or 50 different versions of him saying Hadouken for that, for the Street Fighter game. 
multiple times. And after a while, that messes with your throat. And they each like Kyle. We always talk about it. Kyle has his techniques with this with his tease and all that stuff. And Molly as uh, Molly, especially who's the voice of Naruto. And if you watch any Naruto episode, doesn't matter the her version that she does or the uh, Japanese um, actor. They do a lot of screaming, a hell of a lot of screaming. So you can only imagine like there are days you can listen to it on on the uh, if you go into talktimelive.com and go into the exclusive video page, I did the panel for the cast of Naruto and I asked the question, how does everybody, you know, <laughs> work in terms of like their voices and everything? And, and you could I think we had this discussion as well with Molly and, and our one on one as well. It's they go through a lot and they can lose their voice and that's their money. So I absolutely agree. They need to be protected more. Hopefully we can get more details on this as it's going along, but I'm glad that they're immediately they're discussing this immediately on the situation. The audio panel was went on for like 45 minutes before some technical issues occurred, um, but it was very informative. And if you're a fan of any of these actors, these very, very talented actors, and I'll tell you this, these actors are way more talented than they ever been. And they take the business very seriously because a lot of them are not just, you know, you know, it actors in there, but they're fans of it too. Truth be told, like, listen, watch again, go into the repop metaverse panel and watch the My Hero Academia clip that I did with the panel of with the cast of um, My Hero Academia. You'll hear Clifton talk about how passionate he is about the fandom of anime. He's a he's an avid otaku. He's not just in it for the money. He's just not in it to get a part. He is a fan. A lot of these guys are fans that I you know learned about, and that's what I love about this. So you don't have just actors like they did in the nineties where they just they're just reading lines. They don't understand the ideology. They don't understand the culture enough. These people now, these talented actors are now understanding everything that is involved because they were fans of it before they became involved in it. And they just want to be treated with the value that, and, and, and take note, actor, actors in anime and dubbing actors in anime now are way more popular and known more than ever before because we didn't know who was playing the voices of Gotcha Man, if, unless his name was, um, oh God, I forgot his name. Um, Casey Kasem, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he, Casey Kasem was like the only person that we knew that was doing these voices back then because he's famous outside of that territory. But you know, we, he was the only one that we knew that he was playing Shaggy or Cliff Jumper from Transformers or any, like other than that, it's like, we didn't know Peter Cullen, who Peter Cullen was back then until like a decade later, Frank Welker, who also plays Scooby-Doo and all the stuff, Mel Blank, who just is the godfather of it all he all of the Looney Tunes characters he did so we didn't really we weren't privy to all of these people until we do now now we know who Steve Bloom is now we know Troy Baker now we know Molly Flanagan now we know Kyle Bear. we know these guys we know you know um you know hundreds of these guys now so why not get the same protection that you would an A-list actor or whatever like that I wonder how the cast a family guy. I'm pretty sure to cast a family guy are unionized because they are in the SAG after. Uh, they're in SAG 
as well because they also do live action they need to there needs to be some form of protection for them too and i hope that it happens so we'll see and if we if i manage to i'll hopefully i can find somebody that can come on to our show to talk about it soon so all right another thing i wanted to talk about is my thoughts on the deleted scene of the batman we uh we got a chance to see at the end of the movie if you haven't seen it yet spoiler alert you know just pause it right now or fast forward and go ahead but we got a chance to see the at the end of the um of the movie that the joker appears or at least what they consider is joker but now it's more evident because we get a deleted scene that has been posted online by dc comics and warner brothers studios the scene shows batman visiting arkham to seek help from a psych from the psychotic clown prince on who the riddler may be and and his uh motives so in the theatrical release we've only seen the joker at the end talking to the riddler which implied that you know the next batman movie will involve you know him in the second installment barry uh cohen if i'm saying that right uh, kogan pretty sure this is barry kogan who's you know we know for playing druid on marvel's eternals will be playing the crown prince of gotham and uh in this version of the batman so it was an interesting what is it a five minute clip that they had of them going back and forth it's funny because imdb still has him credited as the unseen arkham prisoner but we all know who that was indefinite so it's like the cat's out of the bag he's going to be playing this really insanely psychotic version now somebody online i've read said that um it gave him uh heath ledger vibes i don't know if i can say that for me i for me it didn't it just felt like his own thing because there have been a you know it's dark it's psychotic it, it just was um i wouldn't know i wouldn't necessarily go heath ledger i think this is his own version and we're gonna see how this plays off and see how this goes so i i really like i said before back then i really enjoyed this version of the batman i am now a robert pattinson fan and um i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this version and see how that goes from there so um man it's just it was really a lot going on here today um this uh, last week um also two more things i want to talk about and that will probably make you smile jamie lee curtis anytime i talk about her lately it's only been about cosplay well it's not stopping here folks because jamie lee curtis will be officiating her daughter's wedding dressed as a character from world of warcraft reported uh on entertainment weekly curtis's daughter will have an all-out cosplay wedding and jamie lee uh will be dressed as jonia proudmore from world of warcraft or i believe she's on arcane as well if i'm correct um curtis is no stranger to the cosplaying scene or gaming for that matter because if you know or follow jamie lee curtis she is widely known to be a hardcore gamer in particular a hardcore street fighter 5 fan so much so that she secretly appeared at at a past evo tournament cosplaying as vega unbeknownst to any fans that attended it was one of my all-time favorite things like i love that i so awesome that she did that um kind of sexy too 
that's a whole other thing. Uh, the actor appeared on Jimmy Kimmel talking uh, talking to him about how it will all be put together. So I I hope I, I I look forward to seeing the pictures of this wedding. I think it's going to be awesome, and because it's the cosplay wedding of Jamie involving Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter. I think they're going to go all out. I think I hope that they go all out. Like, I hope all the guests have cosplay, you know, designers and everything. And it's like the real it's like San Diego and New York Comic Con level cosplay at this event, because this will be absolutely awesome and memorable. I want somebody to come in in a, in a giant Megatron uh, cosplay. I remember going to San Diego and one of the first awesome cosplays that I saw was somebody dressed up as Megatron. But the dude was walking with stilts. And that's how big this thing was. It was really scaled really high. It was pretty awesome. I want to see them go all out for this. This is dope. All right. Last bit of news that I have. And great news here. Cross fingers. Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever has finally wrapped up. The much anticipated sequel has announced on social media that they are ahead of schedule. The movie has been overcome with a lot of challenges, including the loss of uh, lead actor Chadwick Boseman, who we still miss very dearly. With the actor no longer there, uh, they were able to, the director Ryan Coogler and uh, Marvel Studios had the unenviable task of rewriting the script and which is now said to be focused around the character, uh, the main character in Wakanda. Added to all of this, we had uh, it, we, it had been delayed in, um, in the event of the pandemic, which held uh, the movie back more. While in production, actor Letitia Wright, who was involved in a lot of controversy during the, uh, the pandemic with the anti-vaccination advocacy, um, she got injured during filming, which delayed the filming a little bit further. And on top of all that, director Ryan Coogler was arrested during um, while trying to withdraw his own money from his own bank just because the bank, uh, the bank teller, who was black, by the way, thought that he was uh, that he looked threatening because of what he was wearing. And also because he gave her a note asking for a significant amount of money and cash, um, but also to do it discreetly because he didn't want people to see that he was carrying a bunch of money. What the, what the woman failed to do was to see that, you know, to check his name and the account number, as well as the ID with the name on it. And she didn't do it. She was, this is one of those situations that she needs more training. I don't know. It was resolved, but it happened. Now, this didn't, this right here did not affect the taping, but on top of everything that he had to go through, that had to be the tip of the iceberg right there. And I commend him for handling it the way he did. Um, you know, I mean, he handled it very well. He handled it in the most rational way. It speaks volumes of Ryan Coogler at this point with that, because you can see in the video footage that his, he, when he put his head down, it was just like, I think um, Charles from TMZ said it best. When you see him, you know, when he finds out why he's being arrested and he he just tilts his head down, Charles from TMZ said like, that is a man who's just, that is a successful Oscar nominated man who's just completely, he's completely just, you know, a beat down man mentally at the idea of that. So hopefully I, I'm, I, I'm so rooting for them that this movie is 
at least as good as the first Panther movie, if not better. But I, you know, I Marvel Studios has been in my goodwill for over a decade. Um, they wouldn't do anything if they didn't, if they knew they couldn't do it. I have full faith on my fingers crossed. I mean, you don't know how this is going to be. This is going to be very intriguing because a lot of people are wondering what they're going to do, how this is going to be focused, who's going to be the main character, how this is. And I want to also know what would have been the real, the, the actual original story had Chadwick uh, not left us. You know, I, so many questions with this movie. This is going to be the most intriguing and anticipated movie to come in a while. And it's, it's coming out this year. So I'm there, man. I'm there. I'll have my uh, Kamoya beads on and ready and everything. So I'm I'm rooting for this. You know, Wakanda forever on that news. So, folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I am going to talk about the must-watch anime this year. If you're going through a lot of situations in your life, if you got a lot of weight and t- you know negative weight on you, this may be the anime that you want to look at and and find out why. So we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Kotaro Lives Alone, the latest series of anime on Netflix. And this is not your ordinary anime. This is one of those reasons why I love anime, why anime is a vast art form that provides a palette of different colors, different themes, different. There's something for everybody in anime. It's not to the people outside looking in you will see anime as just always action-packed um you know fighting uh just you know just back and forth battling stuff like that martial arts all that no there's so much depth to anime as a culture as a as a art form as a form of pop culture that people don't understand because all they see is the Dragon Balls or the My Hero Academias and all those other things, the Yu-Gi-Oh's, if you will, the Sailor Moons. No, there are actually drama series. There's comedies. There, I mean, there's like I always say, watch Golden Boy. That is one of the most awesome comedic anime series of all time. And then you have something like this. Or, 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 or before I even get to this, 
then you have something like Neon Genesis Evangelion, where you look at it, it's like you think it's some type of a mech anime, but when you go into it, it's something far more deeper, psychological even. Um, the same way that people looked at The Walking Dead in a sense that like, oh, this is another zombie flick. No, that's just that's just the, the wrapping around it. You go, you open up the wrapping and you go into the, the gift in a box and you notice that there's so much more into that story. It's not about the zombies, it's about what you do in the reaction, uh, in the event of everything that's going on during the zombie apocalypse and how people react sociologically. You got Kotaro, who is a five-year-old kid living on his own. He has, this kid is beyond his years. He is the most mature five-year-old kid you would ever see. And this is brilliantly done. And he's living on his own. He rented out this apartment. Somehow, some way, the old folks allowed him to live in his apartment that the landlords are two old people who just said, like, as long as he could pay the rent, they'll allow him to stay. I, I love this because it's Japan allowing themselves to go so out of the box just to make a point. And they're not afraid to go out of the box, but the point is made and the end game is always there. And this is one of those situations. So we don't know why this kid is living on his own, where his parents is and all the stuff. But as you gradually go along, you things start to unravel. And alongside him is his neighbor, uh, Shin Carino, who is a artist, a manga artist that hasn't found his groove yet. And you also have Mizuki, who's another neighbor that lives along uh, along with them. And, you know, these are the main characters, pretty much. And then you also have Izumu, who also is a, a guy that lives in there, too. And each one of these characters, along with the uh, supporting characters that you'll see throughout all of the 10 episodes, all of them got their own situation, their own trial and tribulations, their own stressors, their own situations. And here you have... Kotaro alone living on his own and he every time he gets near one of these characters who are going through their situation he's able to not only observe their situation but to be able to articulate what's going on and provide some form of comfort to each of them during their situations and there's some like real world serious situations going on I, Mizuki for instance, she has, uh, you know, without totally, I mean, even if I talk about it, it's still worth seeing in a sense. It's not really a spoiler type of thing, but one of the characters, it, you know, experienced some, you know, abusive type of situations, um, domestic violence situations. Like this is really deep. Like you'll see, you'll see Kotaro and realize how adorable he is and how mature he is, but him being involved with you know and listening to the the situations of each person each adult i should add who all are going through their own situations and him being able to rationalize the situation in order for them to make better decisions in their lives it's really it's really incredible it is an incredible thing to see and this reminds me when i was a kid and how I had to grow up really fast because, you know, my, my father and mom separated 
and they were, were going through some things and I felt isolated throughout this whole process. And there were times I had to, I had to grow up I had, I had to do things on my own. I didn't have a father around, you know, to do this. And this kind of plays on the idea that when you are going through situations, family, domestic situations, the kids usually are not only aware of what's going on, they're very observant of what's going on there. You don't think a kid knows or feels when they see their parents going through divorce and going through some type of turmoil as a kid. And I remember this as a kid, you feel that emotion, you feel that dark void because when you come into the world, you come into the world with an understanding, especially if you come into the world with both parents and you see both parents and you come up with this idea that Oh, both parents are all supposed to love each other. We're supposed to be a, a loving family and stuff like that. And you've been ingrained and conditioned to that situation all the time. And then all of a sudden, boom, a total 180 on the ideology of what families are supposed to be comes into your life. And it's a dark feeling because all you know is love. But then you're seeing all this stuff happen. You're seeing abuse happen with family members. You're seeing separation. You're seeing, you know, I can tell you, I've been through a lot of that. So I get it. And in all of this, you're either going to go into the deep end in a dark, in a dark, deep end, or you're going to mature. You're going to evolve from, I just happen to be one of those people who was observant as a kid and learned from other people's mistakes and saw what my parents were doing, saw what my brothers were doing and decided not to go that route because it didn't lead to anything better. And I became, I, you know, as I was gradually maturing, I was able to, you know, uh, to react to things differently. I was able to give a little bit of advice to people. And I remember one of my, um, older cousins, um, came up to me like he's he was like 20 years my senior at the time and i remember i I never forgotten what he said he's no longer with us now but um joe would say like and tell me he because he observed me observe you know how i react to things like you have the mature you have more maturity than people in your in uh, of his age he was at the time i think he was like 40 uh at the time or 30 or probably uh, late, you know, early forties or something like that. And I was think I was like maybe 13, 14, but he always told me like that I matured way better than people his age or people older than him. And that really stuck to me. I, that, that stuck to me big time. And I really dwell, I really dwelled on that aspect of me being able to do things and react to ways that other people didn't. So Kataro reminds me of that type of person that would go through those type of situations and how he handled it. It was just so awesome throughout this whole thing. And you got, you got all these different people coming his way. You got, um, Otto, uh, you got a character Otto, I believe, I, I believe he was the character that may have actually, um, he may have actually come in to move in, but he was actually a private eye, but Kataro automatically knew that it was him, that he was a private eye or something like that because the stuff that they were doing together was very reminiscent of what him and his father used to do. And his, you know, his father was just trying to check him on. Now, what they don't do is tell you why he's alone or where is his, I mean, as you gradually go along, they kind of do, 
but also like his, whether his father's trying to do and his father has a restraining order or something like that it gets deep um you do learn a little bit but they keep it open-ended at the end and make you want more but for anybody who's ever been in any type of trial or tribulation going on in life this show will warm your heart because you kataro is a spirit of understanding he he helps you he, he he's a comforting character he is a character that will make you feel like everything's going to be okay regardless that you know you should know how to handle things a lot better as you go along and it's just such an awesome thing and just just to see the neighbors and the characters the, especially the three main characters keep watch of him because you know they're talking about like okay this five-year-old kid is living on his own we cannot let him walk around because there are people snatching people up my other question was also where the hell is child services and all this stuff they do kind of make mention of that in this series but you know it some things that you're wondering about they do you know eventually make mention of it so it, it's not like totally like japan and yeah that's another thing this is fictional people do not believe because there's some just some people watching this series should not tell you that japan lets kids live on their own this is not what it is this is a fictional story this is a work of art to focus on people's lives and how they handle their lives and what they do and um i, I highly recommend people watch it because they i think it's something within there's a i think there's an episode for all of them that they can relate to with him and and, and the people he uh he revolves around and him trying to deal with the idea that he's living on his own and um he's trying to be strong and that's his biggest deal it's like he's living on his own and he's trying to be strong enough to for his father to accept him or his parents to accept him and it's it's really it's a it's a really endearing heartwarming and emotional type of show so like if you're if you're willing to watch this in a sense of or if you're ready to watch it i would say definitely go check it out um i think this will put a lot of people into perspective about their lives or lives of others as well and i wish everybody had a kataro in their lives after watching this i i, I couldn't speak any more fondly of this series each episode is about a half hour each and uh from the looks of it it looks like there's going to be a second season i hope that there's a second season uh this is up there to me with like like i said with golden boy in terms of characters that you really want to root for and you really want to um or you probably kind of live vicariously through or you kind of empathize with um you know show movies like even though that's a comedy this is drama so, sort of drama with a this is a dramedy at best it's not like total drama it's more of a dramedy because there are a lot of funny moments that they have with the uh interactions with kataro and and carino and and the other characters but then there's they get some really deep moments as well it's really well written well done i love the art style as well for this it matches to the emotion and feel of the uh actual anime and i really really need this to have it like um i think like, what another anime on netflix 
um, high score girl. If you guys remember me reviewing that a while back, if you don't go back and check out my review on high score girl, it's that's another one that was like, I am so happy that they followed up with that series because it wasn't just a anime about this kid's obsession for video games. There was a love story, a really sweet and, and kind love story that went along with it. And this is right up there with it too. And I, 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 they got me hooked on this now. So um, if you need something new to watch in terms of anime and a, something a little bit of a, you know, outside of your box, Kataro Lives Alone is that anime that you should watch. And I think everybody as anime fans, as otaku, as true otaku, should never stick to one genre. I mean, you may not, you may like one more than the other, but it's always good to try to branch out because there's so many different subgenres within the culture of anime. I mean, there's a, there's drama, there's, I mean, if you go, of course, if you go on Crunchyroll or, or, uh, Funimation or any, or Retro Crush or any of those, you see that they have different categories for different situations and it's not all the same. Sometimes they have some really mature ones as well. Um, Hajime no Ippo, of course, you know, for boxing and all the stuff, Megalobox, you know, it's, it's boxing, it's sport, but it's drama. And it's, it's one of those, like, it, there's so many great styles of anime. If you wanted to, especially if you wanted to prove to somebody who thinks that anime is just all punch, punch, grab, stab, you know, hit, you know, Street Fighter, like, so you can always show them other dramatic animes like that. There's always an anime for anybody to like in there. And this is just one of them. So go out of your way. It's on Netflix right now. Kotaro lives alone. First season. Absolutely. If I'm going to grade this, this gets an A plus. Go out of your way, check it out. This is a must see for anybody, especially in this day and age where everybody's going through their former trial and tribulations in life. And, you know, mental health is becoming a situation. I think this is one of those. Now, I can't speak as a, a professional because I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. I have a therapist that I have for stuff like that, but I think he would agree that this will be a great show to watch. It's just really fantastic so go out of your way check it out it's on netflix right now and folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live thank you i know i'm a day late dollar short with this show but actually it was probably meant for a reason because um again originally i was supposed to do i was supposed to do persona 4 and it was going to be set but i decided to go and do kataro lives alone and wanted to talk about that so you know that change and then the oscar situation came and i'm like okay this was meant to happen so let's get at it so this week um we're switching up again i didn't realize i was gonna finish kirby's uh kirby and the um forgotten lands already but i already did so i'm going to talk about that in uh i'm gonna review that in megato musashi so that's going to be the first double. I'm going to extend the fighting games to a later date because I am right now. It depends on how far I go with this next game that I'm playing right now, which is um, Ghostwire Tokyo, which I decided to play. Yes, it is a FPS game, but it's maybe a game changer. I'm just saying that right now. I'm going through the emotions with it. I'm not going to I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I don't want to open my mouth and talk about it already, but I'm playing that right now. And um, I may be reviewing that the week after. So um, yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo may be absolutely next week. Um, but if not, I will just 
put it like this i have a ton of games that i will be talking about in the coming weeks so there's not going to be any shortage of games being played but you know ghostwire maybe after uh kirby and the dream and a forgotten lands and megaton musashi but i got to talk about megaton because i've been holding it off for way too long so i'm bashing those two together to talk about it so if you're an import fan get ready this week we're going to be talking about it and uh you're going to find out why not only if you're an import gamer but also a mech fan as well why this may be the premier mech game for you to play so stay tuned for that and much more folks as always you can listen to this episode and every episode on talktimelive.com we got all of our audio episodes as well as exclusive video interviews with our talk time live exclusive guests in there as well and our panels from the repop metaverse on air as well we got blogs um over there for you or blog articles for you to check out new ones is coming because as of today the second half of the my hero academia figures are coming i didn't expect it to come but it is on its way as we speak so i will be waiting dearly for this um for this figure to put them all together and do some unboxing for that so stay tuned for that and if you want to listen to this uh in every episode on all of our other podcast platforms you could go and do that on spotify iHeartRadio, apple podcast google podcast stitcher popping tune in audible pocket cast pandora and pretty much everywhere where you listen to podcasts from there so again thank you guys so much been a great month uh you know numbers have been getting up higher new listeners Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Numbers are stacking up as always and couldn't do it without you. So thank you again. That'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out there. Take care and have a great and safe week. Be kind to everybody. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.